everyone, and welcome to Writers Drinking Coffee. This is a podcast where writers are sitting around drinking tasty beverages and talking about writing, publishing, and the whole creative process. There will be rants and raves and opinions that do not agree but are lovingly delivered. We do not censor ourselves, so consider us PG-13. Today's writing brunch is John Schmidt, our guest host Cynthia Moore, and me, Jeannie Warner. This is episode 158, Interview with Keegan Patterson. Welcome, Keegan. Welcome. Now, what are your pronouns so that I don't mispronounce them or mis- misgender you in any way? Not a problem. Uh, it's, uh, he, him. Fantastic. Welcome. I have to say that the first thing that I, when, when John introduced me, I know that you two have been friends for a long time. Yeah. I loved that you had a tagline on your website saying, world's okayest accountant. <laughs> I've been laughing and giggling for hours since I saw that. That's... <laughs> yeah. So... What's funny is when I when I was in high school, my I remember this. God, like it was yesterday. My dad really wanted me to be an engineer like him, and the reality is, I just have never thought of myself as being quite that nerdy and smart. Like nerdy in the in the good way, in the smart way. As a as a longtime friend of yours, I have to say, man, you got to get your ego back up. To I know, reality. right? Seriously, that's why I'm writing this book. So I always kind of thought of myself as more of a business student than a than an engineering student. And that's how I ended up in, in accounting. Although that was kind of a twisty road to just like just about everything else in my life. So I, I anyway. feel you. I, I, I heard my parents with business stories every day and I was convinced the one thing, oh my God, I didn't want to end up in business. So, you know, yeah. here we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I, you know, my thinking at the time was, you know, it'd be, a, it's a good career. Everybody needs an accountant. You can, you know, pretty much work just about anywhere. Of course, now you can even do it online. So it's, it's even that much easier. So it's, it's, I'm not, you know, unhappy with it, but it's nice to have this outlet to my creativity. So. Well, oh. that pivots brilliantly into the question of uh, you have been writing novels or starting yes. to write novels or engaging in the process of writing novels. As a first-time novelist, tell us a little bit about where that flows from. Is it from yeah. uh, charts of numbers or staring at the people and saying, wow, have you guys got stories? Uh-huh. You write a novel about accounting as your first novel. <laughs> so actually, it so technically, yes, because the so it will end up being the second novel, but Roadworthy, which is the one where I... I quit my accounting job and go on a motorcycle ride across the Western United States. I, that was actually it. And it, and I write about my boss who, and this is actually true. He actually did keep, he actually kept like three sets of books and the story, I keep it just to two, just to make it a little bit more believable. But yeah, so I basically quit my job in a ball of fury and, and write on this angry note and send off a bunch of stuff to the IRS and the franchise tax board, go on a ride with this guy who I have a desperate crush on only to be uh, so wait, wait don't tell us well yes yeah, story so that's... evolves in the book but i do have a question for you yes yes and it's a very not important question okay you describe your protagonist motorcycle as a bmw touring motorcycle yes which model is it the r1200 it was an 09 r1200 it was brand See, new. i knew you'd know but i i think you should tour on gs's they're much well, better in the rain but you know what we oh, could argue I, this for two hours yes that's a separate i tell you what let's well 
I'll do a special episode of my podcast and we can come on and talk about, about motorcycle touring. I would love to do that. That would be amazing. Um, but, uh, but in all seriousness, yeah, I, I did. And and it really was, I I will tell you, my friend was on a Honda CBR 600, you know, crouched over and, and arthritic after every ride. And, you know, I would get off and be like, okay, you know, what are we doing now? Like, let's do this. But talking about a, uh, self, rescuing heroine or a self-rescuing princess How to engineer a self-rescuing princess yes yeah. and that's and that's it and i'm like that's why i couldn't land the plane because that's the problem he had to get out of his own damn way and i at the time based because that character is based on me i hadn't made that realization yet and so i couldn't land the plane because i hadn't got that far enough in my own life experience to be able to write the story so that's why that one's been on hold for so long. But now that I know how that ends and I have a plethora of material for my current project, which is trustworthy, that, uh, you know, the, I think these first two will, will probably happen in pretty quick succession. So we, ha- we have done interviews with a bunch of people that are involved with writing memoirs, writing, you know, biographies, etc. I really like this twist of saying, uh, sure, I'm going to write it and I'm going to call it fiction, but it's basically what happened. I mean, that's, that's what I do with my blur- bluebird novels, but yeah, he's a serial killer. So I'd like to pretend that isn't real. <laughs> well, and there's, you know, there, there's some legal issues that I may or may not encounter in this first book. Um, you know, there's, I've, I've had some conversations about that. So, you know, there, there'll be some things that I will want to fictionalize. There'll be some things that, you know, just for the sake of my own, what's left of my own privacy and, and so, so by, forth. By legal issues, I take it you don't want anybody to get mad at you and call it libel and other things that are thrown oh, around. No. Oh, God, I hope someone sues me. Oh, my God, I would love it. <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it. I mean, it's um, a free press. It, it's yeah, absolutely- that's exactly it. So, well, I, so I'll, but, but the, I'm not actually worried about it because it's true. It's not libel if it's true. So you can't get mad at me for sh- shit that you did that, that you're now, kind of wishing you hadn't done or you're embarrassed about you names to protect the, the guilty or are you just i yes oh yeah, yeah yeah so in the book for sure oh yeah all the names are changed and, and it will be it will be different enough where you won't be able to recognize necessarily but i mean it's really obvious if you google my name and look for the marriage records in washington state you know you'll find my marriage record and then you know who that is I'm not suggesting anybody do that, but it's not that hard. Oh, we're totally going to do that. It's just, oh, you are. I, just added a note. I know, right? And then we're going to drop it out of the podcast. So we're not putting that. Uh, well, it is, it is a little bit. So that's actually a funny story. So this is a, this is an absolutely true story. And, and this is kind of why I decided to do this. I've realized how just completely abnormal the last three years of my life have been when I, you know, I, I tell these stories like, and I, I did these things just like it was nothing. I smuggled a marriage certificate into a prison. That's pretty because, cool. Yeah, it was badass. I, I mean, I, I thought hear I was more badass. about that as well. Yeah. 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 Smuggle files or ways to yeah. cigarettes. Smuggle ways to become more. Oh, there was, there were other things too, but, but Again, I think, like I said, this, this this is the part where it's like, oh, liability. But but the character, let's let's do this. We'll just say 
the character's name is Anthony, Anthony Gallagher. So in the book, yeah, and he kind of, and some of it is, you know, some, a lot of it is just stories that some of these guys told me about stuff too, where I've kind of incorporated those things. Yeah, you know, I, I realized just how abnormal that is that, that I, two things, one that I believed his reasoning for why he wanted me to do that, his logic was that because his, his prison um, uh, counselor, quote unquote, or is, is like, you know, the case manager basically wouldn't approve it. And the reason she wouldn't approve it is because she saw the truth because she sees all of his emails. And so, but I didn't know that. And he made the, he had me believing that there was this, you know, that the prison is really, it's not gay friendly. And and I'm sure that there's probably some of that, but that he used that to keep me from recognizing the truth more quickly or, or really kind of accepting it. He, he always kind of had a, a convenient story for everything. And, and I wasn't a hard sell. I really wanted to believe the things that he was telling me. And so that's, that's kind of the genesis of the podcast and, the, and thus the book is that I'm trying to reach other people like me, but that haven't made these just enormous mistakes. Now, I'm lucky that I made it out through the other end relatively in one piece, but, but it, you know, I do kind of want it to serve as sort of a warning, like, hey, if you're, if you're engaging in some of these same kind of deceptive behaviors, if you're lying about a lot of stuff, if you're hiding things from people, if you're losing your friends, like there, there are, there are, there was a bouquet of red flags along the way that I just completely ignored because I wanted to. So part of, you know, and, and the other part of it too, is just kind of working out my own stuff. And it's been really, it's, it's nice to be able to just say, you know what, I did these dumb things. Look at this dumb email that I sent. So we got a, um, we got a question for you then. Yes. Keep- yes. So I keep thinking back to what you said about, you know, even though you've changed names and such, it's a veneer over yeah. actual events that happen. My question is, how cathartic is this writing for you? I imagine oh, level there. Oh, I just got goosebumps. No, it's really, really cathartic. And and I, you know, I would love it if I had a million downloads on my podcast. I am I so tickled pink that that I, I think the first episode has been more than 50 downloads so far. I love that. That's, that's about 45 more than I thought would download it. So I'm going to bring that up. So allow yeah. me to break in for a moment and say, yes, yes. Prison pimp. I really liked it. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. You talked about um, for one, just the opening system. I had a stepfather that ended up in prison and I used the evil horrific JPay system mm. in which they fleece families that have already spent all of their money on oh prisons and defense and lawyers yes you know some people don't realize when you they're still on parole and they put that bracelet around your leg that you technically are renting that bracelet so you're paying for the honor yes all of it (laughs) i know so it's there's i i love that it i I wasn't sure what to go in looking at the title confessions (laughs) but i want probably good because i kind of want you to have a little bit of an open mind when you come in so i'm glad you said that thank that's i'm that's good I, I, like I, think. I wanted to say for those listening, looking for a little bit of just bear in your face, this is the way it is. It is really good, tragically nonfiction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we were all delighted when the JPay founder, Ryan Shapiro, was indicted for security fraud this year. Yes. And uh. other shenanigans because 
sort of you 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 described it beautifully when you're like beware of when there's somebody that's asking you to do bad things and things that you shouldn't do. Yeah. Do people realize that that is also executive behavior at certain levels in certain organizations? Yeah. Well, and you know what's funny? The other thing that I think has really been helpful is, and I kind of want to maybe even do like a panel or something, but I see a lot of parallels between my experience with Daniel and the people that are Trump supporters, if you'll, if you'll forgive me, I, this kind of cultish, like, I got to have a flag to, to prove my, my loyalty to, to this man and this party. And, and I'm just going to believe all these crazy things when, when, you know, everybody else is like, no, the vaccine really is not full of computer chips. And, you know, no, you really shouldn't look at an eclipse straight up without a special filter. And, you know, I mean, just all the crazy things that we did, you know, yes, COVID is real. Yes, you can, you know what I mean? Like just all the things we can just rent off that are cathartic. I'm sorry, go ahead. I said, we know about the conspiracy theories. Oh oh my gosh, all of them. You can rattle off all the conspiracy theories and, and every single one of them, you just say, but that's, just not logical like if you really think about the logic I have a theory about that yes I yes worked on video game design for a while yeah and one of the key components of video game design a an excellent video game if you will or an excellent role-playing game if you will the point is that you are uh, you're telling a story that engages your audience and there are structures to that storytelling that bring your audience in and carry them. And there's this artificial concept in video gameplay where a person latches onto a component that seems like a clue. Now that clue is usually uh, cryptic and it leaves but people wrap their arms around it because it makes you feel like you're part of a secret. Yes. Part of a secret makes you feel important and being that you feel important and you feel like you're in the secret club it's a way to carry people along in something that doesn't mean anything for ages yeah. and ages. As video game designers, we try to prevent that, but it is a <laughs> phenomenon that happens that we see. That is okay. So, so again, totally, I'm not even playing. Totally got goosebumps listening to you talk about that. That, that, that is exactly it. And and you so so that's part that there's two sides of that equation. This doesn't work without, without both the seller and the buyer, you have to have a willing buyer and you have to have a guy who's selling snake oil and someone who really wants to believe that the snake oil is going to cure all their ails. And that's literally what I did with Daniel is I thought my, my deepest, darkest fear is the fear of being abandoned. And I thought if I really just worked on it for two years without anything to get in the way of, you know, other than just, you know, phone calls and and all that, that I could really establish trust with this person and that he would never leave me. And what happened was so much darker that it, it would be criminal for me to not tell my story and hopefully, you know, just hopefully reach somebody that even not even, it doesn't even have to be a prison relationship. It could just be a straight up abusive relationship or a cult or a Trump supporter or whatever, you know, and point is, is there is life after that. And there are people that will love you and accept you no matter what. And they see, I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole point of redemption is that you, you forgive yourself, you, you recognize your mistake and you say, I'm not, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to go mess around with, with 
people that have criminal records and 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 ignore signs that are just so blatantly obvious that everybody else, you know, my therapist fired me for God's sakes. <laughs> you know how messed up you have to be, right? Yeah, you, know? you do. But yeah. you clearly have the material. You yes, have the storylines. And it's all written. It's so perfect. <laughs> Tell me about the tools. Where did you start? Did you start with a note? Yes. Start blogging. Where did you start in this whole I think I have a novel inside me. So yes, yeah, so actually, so I was thinking about that, and I and I flashed on the very first time I I got positive feedback was I was probably about ten, and I had a a, a paper route for the San Mateo Times. I, I'm a I grew up on the coast side, and uh, so I'm a Barry local, and and uh, uh, this one family stiffed me. And I just wrote them the sassiest, most sarcastic, like, you know, really, you guys have the biggest house on the street and you couldn't pay a 10 year old, you know, like five bucks or whatever it was. Like, I just, $2. yes, seriously, that was literally me. That was actually a couple of years before me, but yes, pretty, pretty exactly. It was exactly $2, $2. And so, um, so, and just all through like school, like I loved writing essays. Um, you know, I, I was not a, a big reader and I, I know that's kind of a, a sin, but I, I, I've kind of rationalized with that with the fact that I think I do kind of do better as sort of a fiction, nonfiction writer, if that's a genre, you know, taking things that are really close to the truth and, and tweaking them a little bit and extracting the, the kind of juicy bits out of it. Um, the, the tool that I started actually, um, and I, I actually tried to do a NaNoWriMo at one point, um, was, is Scrivener. I love Scrivener because of the, the way it organizes the, the project. Um, I even actually use it for the, the podcast too. I write about 5,000 words a week for the podcast. The other thing that I, that, that kind of, that for this one in particular, because like I said, everything is so documented because he was in prison. I have a lot of emails. And so I've been using, and I, I, it's called Aeon or Eon Timeline, A-E-O-N they're not sponsoring me to say that, but I wish they would because I love your software and I would be happy to go on and on and on about how awesome it is. In terms of this, it really helped. There was such an overwhelming amount of information that I had. I had thousands of emails, you know, hundreds of, of voicemail calls, videos, and just everything else that allowed me to kind of put everything, kind of sort out the stuff that was really not important at all. And then whatever was left, kind of put in a nice orderly timeline and did I mention I actually started that for my annulment proceedings, but I realized very quickly that the story that I was telling the judge exactly lined up with the story arc that I want to tell for the novel. Well, it's your first audience. You know, it's a beta reader. Well, and that's kind of the thing. I thought, you know, she, she proved the annulment, so she likes some of my writing, I guess. I, I was going to ask, are you a jazz writer then or right. classical writers? So we used to ask if people are pantsers or plotters, but it's a point. Pantsers kind of rude. So jazz is chock full of improvisation versus classical is more structured. And you mentioned timeline.app. So I'm thinking more structured. But what oh, very much. The other thing that I didn't mention, and this kind of ties back to my accounting background, is I've been using the story grid. Um, which involves spreadsheets, and I love spreadsheets. Love them. Can't get enough. 
So I have all of my plot mapped out on a spreadsheet. So I know that every chapter has the proper story arc. Every, every act has a story arc. Every, the whole novel has a story arc. The other four, or the other three novels behind it have a story arc and all of it ties in together. That's as long as you fire the gun on the mental piece, Chekhov would be proud, I think. I think so. And it, 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 but for the, the technology, I don't know how I would do it. I was trying to imagine me with with a thousand pieces of paper like Woodward and Bernstein trying to figure out like that scene where they're in the library and it very slowly like zooms out up into the top of the roof and you see all these index cards and I'm like, I couldn't do that. But like I said, this, it's like you said it and forget it. And then it just lays it out and it's all, it's magic. It's nice. It takes two seconds and, and you get to see your whole thing. It's, it's really nice. Have you tried short stories to get the little vignettes out or are they easier or harder than just telling the full arc? That has been the magic of the podcast is that I have a weekly deadline for myself. It is public. So if I miss my deadline, everybody knows, and that looks bad and people, people get mad about that. They, they, you know, they expect to see that consistency. And as I said, so I've, I, that has kind of been my sort of couch to 10 K is writing my 5,000 words a week for the podcast. As I get that muscle strengthened a little bit more, probably another, you know, three or four episodes into it, then I'll be able to have more capacity to write for the actual novel and get that going. So, so that's my plan. You, so hey, we'll see. So that's Confessions of a Pimp. Is this, tell us yes. about the con game, which you have a set up on your webpage. But yeah, my, my, my ex would set me up with these, these uh, other people, usually other like prison wives um, that needed a ride. And so I would give them a ride because I was coming from down here in Longview all the way up to Seattle or past Seattle. It turns out some of them were smuggling drugs and I didn't know it. And, and of course, there's no way I'd be able to prove that. Like it would completely look like I was involved in that. And I would expect the prison to think that I was, but the honest to God's truth is I wasn't, but I know that I know now that that's what was happening. So it's little things like that, that just, you just kind of sit back and go, oh, yeah. Well, each one of those in its own way is, it's a little short story. It's a moment. It's that vignette. Of yeah. And that's, and that's kind of the other thing about the podcast is that even so when I sat down with my, my story grid, there were so many stories and vignettes that didn't make the cut. And so that's, that's been, that's kind of what the, the podcast is, is it's sort of recycling. It's like, it's like when you make donuts and you cut out the perfect circle and it's the leftover dough. Well, I'm taking that leftover dough and making biscuits out of it. And those biscuits are going to be damn good. I was thinking about this. Like if, if I, if there's so much material, I honestly could see a, a sort of a, like a Breaking Bad meets Love After Lockup kind yeah. of a TV show almost, you know, there's, there's that much material here that, that it would sort of be something along those lines. I don't know. I actually did have a... So if you've heard of the, the book World War Z, the movie was great, but the book itself is written as a series of journal entries, almost dossier style, as okay. if a uh, military researcher or, or UN... A peacekeeper is coming in and writing an after action review of what happened during the day. Ah. I feel like it lends itself really well because it's almost clinical, yeah. but it's still talking about these fraught, emotional, like intense observations. And I feel like that third person view of what happened might be an interesting twist. 
Well, and so that, so thank you for saying that because that was actually going to be the thing that I was going to ask you all if you had any ideas on comps. I've been reading about how you're supposed to find similar books to yours in a similar genre. And obviously that would be like more, I guess, kind of science fiction-y, but, but yeah, that, that was, that was actually something I was going to ask is, is if you could think of any comps that... I, I think there can be. Uh, I don't have an answer off the top of my head, but uh, you've given me an interesting little thing to think down and write on. So perfect on that one. So what are you working on right now? So yeah, so right now uh, I've got uh, literally this week, I'm, I'm working on the fourth episode of the podcast. That's going to be a fun one because I'll have actual audio recordings of some of our prison calls. So if you've never, you know, Jeannie, you'll probably recognize the, this, you know, the, the pre-recorded you know, message that plays out before the person is connected and the, and all that. But, uh, so I'm going to do uh, a podcast about that. My plan is to do about 12 episodes sort of in this kind of like, like you said, clinical, almost forensic audit style. And then, because at that point, I will actually have myself at the start of the book, I'll have to, I may kind of transition to to either reading excerpts from the book or more likely probably taking similar stories that aren't, that still aren't going to be in the book, but maybe kind of tying them to the book. So, so the idea being kind of the podcast. We should definitely go have a bark on you and I, because you and I have almost polar opposite in life view, for instance. <laughs> you had the, you know, kind of innocent of all of this. And I'm the sort of person that is I'm driving towards the Canadian border. I'm like, do you think it's true that they can listen inside the car one mile out? And so I will start saying things in the car just to find out if I get the car searched. Sorry about that, Dave. <laughs> uh, well, I have had my car searched at the Canadian border and it was not pleasant. Let me tell oh. you. It's, it's happened to me three times for three oh. different All of them were funny. Yeah, same here. All of them right? were funny for you. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, my my uh, uh, my ex was not pleased. No, no. Uh, so yeah, so anyway, so the, so the podcast, so, so that's kind of the, the sort of immediate, the podcast, and then kind of over the fall, working on the novel to that list. I'd like finish by the, by the fall or by the end of the year, or at least have a, have a, maybe a first draft anyway, by the end of the year. What advice would you give somebody who hasn't started writing their first novel and has just collected a lot of these, let's call them relationship stories or life stories that realizes these are a narration, these are a book? A couple of things. First of all, never ever give up on yourself. But at the same time, you can also give yourself permission to walk away from the project. There's, if you've ever had a really bad case of insomnia, there's no point in lying in your bed trying to force yourself to go to sleep. It doesn't work like that. So sometimes you have to go and, and do something else to, you know, a season without growing anything in it to let it rejuvenate. Um, lying fallow is the yeah like fallow thank you i wasn't sure but anyway yes lying fallow let it go fallow and 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 let that kind of germinate so yeah so definitely don't give up don't um you know give yourself the space to walk away from it and and do what works for you you know do listen to that's that's the thing that i love about your podcast is that i see that there are so many different ways to do it don't give in to the imposter syndrome you'll you'll probably if you're starting out you'll probably hear that uh, talked about a lot. That's where you feel like I'm not a writer. I'm an accountant. I think no. we said the quote before, there are nine and 90 ways of constructing tribal lathes and every single one of them is right. That's right. Even if, for example, my ex, Daniel, 
could tell tell his version of the story and it would still be a completely different story than the story that I'm, I'm going to tell. So even if you are writing about the same thing as somebody else, you're going to have a different view on it. And, and if you're feeling blocked, then, you know, like I said, either, either try, try something else or, or try talking to, you know, other smart people that are, that are writers and readers and, and get their feedback and talk to them and see what they think. And, you know, go, go to a writing group or, or, or maybe join a book club or something. Uh, but there's a lot of things I think on Facebook and meetup has a lot of those where, where like writers groups will get together and then they kind of workshop each other's materials and it can be really helpful. So definitely just definitely don't give up. Give yourself space to take some time if you feel that's right. More importantly than that, never, ever give up. That's the number one piece of advice. That's the truth. Well, we will put links to the things we've mentioned during this podcast on our website, which is www.writersdrinkingcoffee.com. Thank you, Keegan, so much for coming with us today. Well, thank you. And thank you for having me. It has been such a pleasure chatting with you. And I know... Uh, some of your listeners may have more questions than answers. So you're, you know, please do come visit the podcast and let me know what you think. KeeganPatterson.com. We will have it in our lighter notes. And thank you again for listening to Writers Drinking Coffee, a labor of love and enthusiasm put together by the hosts. Our main web support magic is brought to you by Deirdre Schween and our sound engineer and backup web spiders are David Welsh and John Schmidt. Our intro music is Pretty Made Milking a Cow, and our exit music is Breakfast with the Morning Person, both by Michael Engberg. You can hear more from Michael Engberg on manyhatsmusic.com. Our podcast sponsors are Jackal Design, The Bean Scene, and Arm Street in Ukraine. And hey, thanks for listening. <laughs>